Hello, and welcome to Close Talking, the world's most popular poetry analysis podcast from Cardboard Box Productions Incorporated. I am co-host Jack Rossiter-Munley, and with my good friend Connor McNamara-Stratton, we read a poem, talk about the poem, and read the poem again. Before we get into today's selection, a quick note that if you like what we do here at Close Talking and have a spare minute of your time, it would mean the world to us if you would give the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and reviews help boost us up the algorithm and find new listeners. And if you have suggestions for future episodes or comments on this one, you can send us an email at closetalkingpoetry at gmail.com. And you can also find us on social media. On Twitter, the show is at Close Talking. I am at Jack Rossiter Munn, and Connor is at Connor M. Stratton. On Instagram, the show is at Close Talking Poetry, and on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash close talking. We also have a website, closetalking.com, where you can find all the past episodes of the show, and Cardboard Box Productions has just launched a newsletter, Unboxed, and if you go to cardboardboxproductionsinc.com, you can subscribe for more behind-the-scenes stuff on Close Talking and all of the other literary and cultural history podcasts that Cardboard Box Productions makes. On with the show. Hello and welcome to this all-new episode of Close Talking. I am co-host Jack Rossiter-Munley. Co-host Connor McNamara-Stratton is away at the moment because, as I'm sure you all know, this past Thursday was Thanksgiving, or as many also mark the day, a day of mourning to bring attention to the genocide of Native peoples. Uh, We all know that the historical origins of Thanksgiving are apocryphal, but of course a time to take stock and give thanks is still a beautiful and lovely thing. So in the dual spirit of giving thanks and of mourning, uh, we're doing something a little bit different with the episode today, and it's just going to be me and a little remembrance of several poets who died very recently. Um, Obviously we give thanks for their work and also mourn their loss. First, Camila Aisha Moon, who died far too young back in September. Her writing appeared in many different notable places, the New York Times, the Harvard Review, the Oxford American, just all over the place. She won awards, she had various fellowships, and taught at Agnes Scott College. Um, Her books, Starshine and Clay, and She Has a Name, were noted by numerous different reviewers um, for their empathy and depth, and were praised by luminaries like Nikki Finney and Natasha Trethewey. Um, Back in 2019, and I encourage all of you to go back and listen to this, uh, one of her poems, The Emperor's Deer, appeared on an episode of The Slowdown. Um, Here is one of her poems, Disbelief. I have all of these. Lily plants, but not you, nor peace. How they ease my breathing yet trouble my mind. Symbols of your soaring too high to see or reach. Beauty clanging like bells out of tune, time's up. Leaves so shiny and perfect, they look fake. But a few brown ones barely clinging and curled in on themselves. Less supple, less everything. Like me. Let me know they are real. They are real, too real. Lord knows you were the most real one can ever be, and now you are really gone. Your need is over, 
but your grieving goes on and on. Heaven is shedding desire's heavy robes, pure devotion to love's bare essence. You, flowered and shiny in what's left of my heart, teaching me to rally. No matter how it may appear, I'm not rootless. Today and tomorrow and the day after that, you remain evergreen, and ours somewhere not here, as my tears land in potted soil, exiled from its mother earth, like me. Next, Etel Adnan, the Lebanese-American poet, essayist, and artist who died just earlier this month. She was born in Beirut and was one of the major voices in Arab poetry and literature. In her six-decade career, she maintained a fairly contested relationship to language itself. She spoke and wrote in many different languages. Um, She grew up speaking Greek and Arabic in her home with her parents, uh, before doing a lot of writing in French and then later in English. Uh, Over the years, she really wrestled with what it meant to work in the languages of nations and cultures that were inflicting horrific violence. Um, For her, she also went beyond language because she was a fantastic painter and abstract visual artist. So uh, for some folks, she may even be better known for her painting than for her writing. Uh, One of her most well-known works among many, 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 I can't stress enough how many different (laughs) works there are from her. but one of the best known is called The Arab Apocalypse. Originally, it came out in French, and then it was translated into English, um, but it was a response to the Lebanese Civil War. And this is a small excerpt from that. XLIV from The Arab Apocalypse. Where do you want ghosts to reside? In our wakeful hours, there are flowers which produce nightmares. We burned continents of silence, the future of nations, the breathing of the fighters got thicker, became like oxen's. There is in that breath sparkles of scorched flesh and the fainting of stars. We crucify Gilgamesh on a tank Viking too reaches Mars. Imam Ali dances over a nuclear blast. Cursed are the clouds which repel water. Cursed are the Arabs who fell tall and haggard eucalyptus trees. And then a short excerpt from her poem, The Spring Flower's Own, The Morning After My Death. The morning after my death, we will sit in cafes, but I will not be there. I will not be. There was the great death of birds. The moon was consumed with fire. The stars were visible until noon. Green was the forest drenched with shadows. The roads were serpentine. A redwood tree stood alone with its lean and lit body, unable to follow the cars that went by with frenzy. A tree is always an immutable traveler. The moon darkened at dawn. The mountain quivered with anticipation, and the ocean was double-shaded. The blue of its surface with the blue of flowers mingled in horizontal water trails. There was a breeze to witness the hour. And finally, the most recent passing, Robert 
Bly, probably one of the best known American poets of, at the very least, the second half of the 20th century, um, who died just a few days ago at the time of recording. Bly won the National Book Award for his book, The Light Around the Body, back in the late 60s, and fairly unsurprisingly, he donated his winnings to fund draft resistance. Um, His organizing and activism in the 60s were uh, really significant, but were, of course, eventually eclipsed, uh, at least in the public eye, by the uh, mythopoetic men's movement, his words, that he sparked in the early 90s following his book, Iron John. Uh, Obviously, a lot of problematic stuff to unpack with that movement, more than we (laughs) have time to go into here. Uh, I mean, it's like very, uh, a lot of gender essentialism at the very least. Um, But the basic idea that men raised in a patriarchal society needed to find a healthier masculinity and were pretty bad at talking about their feelings and would benefit from opening up is not really a bad idea. But uh, the movement obviously had a lot of pretty uncomfortable anti-feminist connections. Um, Bly tried to be careful about that. But at the same time, there's there's just a lot of stuff in there that's not super amazing. Um, Bly's popularity uh, obviously brought a lot of new writers to poetry. Uh, and he also used his status and platform to bring lesser known writers to new audiences. Uh, and he also did quite a bit of translation work. So we'll end with one of his poems, Why We Don't die. In late September, many voices tell you you will die. That leaf says it. That coolness. All of them right. Our many souls. What can they do about it? Nothing. They're already part of the invisible. Our souls have been longing to go home. Anyway, it's late, they say. Lock the door. Let's go. The body doesn't agree. It says, We buried a little iron ball under that tree. Let's go get it. That's going to do it for this episode of Close Talking. As always, if you have any thoughts on these poets and poems, or if there are poets, poems, subjects that you'd like us to cover on future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we always love knowing what y'all are into. Uh, you can contact the show at closetalkingpoetry at gmail.com. That is the best and most direct way. closetalkingpoetry at gmail.com. But there's a bunch of others. The show, as well as Connor and I, are on Twitter. The show is at Close Talking. Connor is at Connor M. Stratton. And I am at Jack Rossiter-Munn. And you can also find the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Close Talking. Or on Instagram at Close Talking Poetry. We'll see you next time. Bye.